Welcome to the Gold Standard here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Adam Vingan at Twitter at Adam Vingan. At Twitter. At Twitter. On the Twitter. On Twitter. The Twitter application. In Twitter. In Ooh. Now that's I don't I don't like living in Twitter, but I'm there way too often. That is for sure. Pay for good journalism. Go to the athletic. Of course, uh, all the great stuff there at The Athletic where Adam's work is. You can find all of it there. Uh, please, of course, rate, review, and subscribe to this show. Please share it and tell just one person, Adam. We're just asking you to share it with one person. It's not that big of a di- not that big of an ask, I don't think, right? Last I checked on Apple Podcasts, we have a average rating of 4.9. It's pretty good. Because somebody decided to give us a one-star review, <laughs> but they did not put their name to it. You Soft. Ca- you coward. Coward. <laughs> Adam Vinkin calling out our listeners within the first two minutes of the show. Tremendous. Uh, Coming up on the show today, do we believe that the upside of this team in the postseason has changed? We'll get to that. Their complete and utter domination of Chicago. By the way, today's show, it's going to be some like blatant homerism and some rude awakenings all mixed up together today. Some heavy tunes and some light tunes, if if you know what I'm talking about there. Um, Still can't beat good teams. Matt Duchesne is back. We've got a rant from Adam Vinkin coming up later. Uh, the power play issues, injuries around the division, and the remaining schedule between Nashville and Dallas. We will look at those two schedules coming up on the show. And the playoff percentage rankings, according to The Athletic, have changed significantly. Some housekeeping, of course. Make sure you check out the Club & Country podcast every single Tuesday right here on the 440 Sports Network. Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan, uh, Nashville SC, a draw in their first match, 1-1. That's out every single Tuesday. A fantastic product from those two guys, so make sure you check that out. Fringe Element SEC Football every Thursday with Aaron Dugan. Check that out. And, of course, Lamestream Sports, which I know Adam Vingan is an avid listener, our sports media and business podcast with myself and Steve Cavendish on Fridays. So make sure you check all of those shows out. Okay? Have any of the other hosts given me guff for my sweet tea takes? You're obviously – well, no, not sweet tea takes. Uh, there is still a lot of jealousy that you have – speaking of – the gold standard is brought to you by Jaspers. Jaspers! Uh, while we're talking about Jaspers here, there is still lots of animosity between Fringe Element host Aaron Dugan and yourself. And you clearly have not been listening Mm-mm. to the Fringe Element because she is not happy. She's still mad? She is very angsty. Angsty? That you still that you have a cocktail, the gold standard at Jaspers. Mm-hmm. Preds are playing good hockey. Yeah. Great, great happy hour. Go to Jaspers. Watch the Preds. Drink a gold gold standard cocktail named after this show. Aaron Dugan of Fringe Element is still very spicy. I haven't brought it up in recent episodes, though. So I must have planted a seed in there or something. You're living rent-free, man. Mm. You are in her head because she is upset she does not have a margarita cocktail from Jasper. Oh, it's going to be a margarita cocktail? She's a a tequila girl. Mm. Check out Fringe Element and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. So go, go check that out. Uh, All right, so a lot of stuff to do uh, on the show today, but let's get started with a question that I I can't, I I sort of can't believe I'm asking this, and I know you're kind of working on this piece right now for The Athletic, kind of, in a a way. They don't have Philip Forsberg, they don't have Ellie Tolvin in, but pieces are starting to come back. UC Soros on Monday night, 18th time in 20 games that he did, he allowed two goals or fewer. The question I have to start the show with you today, before we get to all of our other stuff, is do you believe that the upside with this team has changed? If they get fully healthy and UC Soros plays the way he's playing in the postseason, has your mind changed at all about what the upside of this team could be? Remind you and our listeners that we both agreed to set our heads on fire if the Nashville Predators made it to the Final Four in the playoffs. 
So has your opinion of their upside in the postseason changed? No. Did you watch the games against Carolina? Yes, I did. That's all I think you need to say. All you need to see. Excuse me. Especially that first period on Saturday. I, I can't remember seeing one NHL team dominate another NHL team in the way that the Hurricanes toyed with the Predators in that first period on Saturday. Um, I have the the numbers that highlight just how vast the gap between the two teams were in that first period. The shots were 24 to 7, Carolina. Mm. These according to Sport Logic, the slot shots on net, 13 to 4 in favor of Carolina. So the Hurricanes had 13 slot shots to the Predators' seven total shots in the first period. Offensive zone possession time in the first period, 3 minutes, 21 seconds for Carolina, 1 minute, 3 seconds for Nashville. I think it is clear that the Carolina Hurricanes are a cut above the Nashville Predators. Now, the Carolina Hurricanes are a cut above a lot of teams. But even when you go back to the game they had last Tuesday against the Tampa Bay Lightning, a 7-2 win with Curtis McElhaney in net, the, the Lightning are struggling. But I am confident that they are going to figure it out in time for the postseason. Steven Stamkos is out, but perhaps he'll be ready for the playoffs. Nikita Kucherov, we know, is going to be ready for the playoffs. And we're not just talking about some random guy here. We're talking about a recent Hart Trophy recipient who has scored upwards of 120 points in the NHL. So I still believe that if the Predators find a way to make the playoffs, a first-round exit is the likeliest outcome. So there's no way that the way because because I agree with you because they still can't beat good teams right they they still are what are they four sixteen and one four they were fifteen and one three thirteen and one before playing Tampa right so they were four thirteen and one then two regulation losses against Carolina so there they are four fifteen yep. and one against the Hurricanes Panthers and Lightning this season so again this is the uh, this is the rude awakening portion of the podcast we're going to alternate back and forth just play with your emotions the entire show. Um, I, they still can't beat good teams. They they just can't. They have not done it all season. They even and this is my this is the reason I asked this question is because we know this in the NHL that a an elite goalie performance can just win you a series, mm -hmm. right? It can carry you deeper into the postseason than ever ever before. We saw Pekka do this. We've seen, you know, everybody like every time anybody wins a cup, you basically need a goaltender to carry you. Jordan for, Bennington, right? For some chunk of time. Recently, the problem I have with that question is that even when UC Soros does play extremely well against the good teams... As he did on Saturday. ...against Carolina, they still don't look like they're capable of winning the game. So Can I, you imagine what that first period would have been like if not for UC Soros? It would have been 5 or 6 nothing. I know. So so even if you add Forsberg and you add Tolvanen, because right now the power play clearly is missing them... Yes. It, if you add all of that in there and you get a... A UC Soros who stands on his head. I, I just, I still don't know if the upside changes. I'm willing to acknowledge that it's possible they could win a series, especially if it's Florida or their you know, best, like their I, best I think there's chance. a chance. I think there's a chance they could win a series. Their best chance is if Florida finds a way to win the Central Division, right? Um, and and even then, that team is not a pushover. That's a very good team, but of the three. I think they are the team that the Predators could most likely beat. 
particularly, excuse me, if they start Sergei Bobrovsky in that instead of Chris Drieger. Um, but I'm not sure what the excuse me what the Panthers are going to do in that case. But to me, I ran. So I had our dear friend and well, my dear friend. I'm not sure if you know him. My dear friend and our resident number cruncher, Dom Lecision, at the Athletic. I had him last Monday after the trade deadline run with his algorithm the percentage chance of the Predators winning each of their potential first-round series. Ooh, okay. He gave the Lightning roughly an 80% chance of beating the Predators. He gave the Hurricanes just under 70% to beat the Predators. That's interesting. And the um, the Panthers was a coin flip. It was like 51%, 52%. You know, that's interesting because they've had such a good record against Tampa, especially with Pekka mostly. But they've had a good record against Tampa. They've beaten them twice. They're 0-5-1 against Carolina. I thought maybe those numbers would be closer together, but I guess they're both pretty damn good. His algorithm takes into effect, um, he has a model called game score value added, which is a... Sure, of course. Obviously. Yes, which is similar to war in baseball and in hockey. But based on the players on each team and their individual game scores value game score value added. I don't know what the plural of that game scores value added. This is like RBIs versus RBI. At, attorneys general. Runs batted in yes. versus run runs batted in. But based on that algorithm, either way, against the Hurricanes and Lightning, yeah. the Predators are are significant underdogs. So 50-50 against Florida. Again, I think if the, if we go back, the question is: What is their upside in the postseason? Has it changed? I think I have. I, I I am not picking them to win anything. But I, I if they were to win, if they were to get into the playoffs, and we'll talk about that in a second, a little bit later on in the show, the the chances of actually making it into the playoffs, which again, avert your eyes, you know, earmuffs, whatever. But if they get in and UC Saros stands on his head and they're healthy, I think they can win a series, especially if it's Florida. I don't think they can win two. I think that's asking just too much of the talent. Which again goes back to the 2017 comparison and it says enough of that because that's just not the talent just doesn't feel the same to me there's so many young players again Monday night against Chicago so many good young players made big impacts and I don't I don't think you can ask for that at the same time I know what the fans are going to say right well you know Pontus Aberg and Colton Sissons had a hat trick and right. you know Harry Zolnerchuk was playing like I know they're going to use all those names the for biggest difference the there are a couple of things that are significantly different between 2017 and 2021. One is the general trajectory of the franchise. In 2017, the Predators were on the upswing. They made the playoffs in 2015, lost in the first round to the Blackhawks. The following year, they won their first ever Game 7. They defeated Anaheim on the road. They took the San Jose Sharks to seven games. I believe the Sharks that season Played went to the Stanley, Stanley Cup yeah. Final and lost to the Penguins. So that that Predators team was on the rise. This Predators team is declining. And their four defensemen and their goaltender were at the top of the league mm -hmm. at that on that team. Right. Not to disparage what they've got today. The other I'm sorry, I'll take Subban, Yossi, Ekholm, and Ellis at the top of their game, with right. Peck at the top of his game versus, versus what they've got right, right now. The other thing is, and I went back and I went back last night and looked at it. So one thing that fans often think of when they think of the 2017 team is that it was a team that struggled to start, got hot later in the season, 
made the playoffs as the eighth seed, and then went on that run. I went back and looked at the standings by day in 2016-17. I think I went back as far as February 1st because I didn't want to go all the way through the season. It was scary. In Feb- no, but they, they were never out of a playoff spot. I went day by day from February 1st. Not, not one time? No. They were really? never out of a playoff spot. If you want to take it even closer, at the trade deadline in 2017, which was March 1st, 2017, they were in third place in the Central Division. And between March 1st and the end of the season, they fluctuated between third place, first wild card, and second wild card. But it was so really... So they, they never had that bottoming out that yes, they had this year. there was year. never yeah. really a question later in the season about whether the Predators were going to make the playoffs in 2017. It was mostly, were they going to be the third place team? Were they going to finish in the first wild card? Right. Or were they going to finish in the second wild card? They also clinched a playoff spot, and I think it was game 79 of 82 in 2017. This Predators team, this current one, excuse me, let me start that again. The team in 2017 was never as bad yeah, as yeah. this one. So yeah. I think that's where fans often, I, I know that fans are looking to grab onto something to say, hey, it happened then, it right, can happen right. now, but it's not a perfect comparison. Quite frankly, I think it's it's uh, a flawed comparison. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. All right, you want to do some Blatant homerism here. Just some utter joy and happiness. For We're vibing, Brayden. No, that's not. That's later. Oh. That's later. We're not vibing? Not right now. We're, vi- ne- We're vibing never, later. I'm We're, never vibing. We're vibing later. We'll, we'll get to your rant. Just calm down. Uh, complete and utter domination of the most hated franchise in, in the NHL, the Chicago Blackhawks. They're now 6-0. and Would you say they're the most hated franchise in the NHL? By the Predators fans. Oh, I, yes. I, I, yes. I, I've, I've, I've struggled mightily because I'm not a good writer to come up with a nickname for the Blackhawks um, outside of being a bunch of communists. And they are... Six Why are they and- communists? Because they're red. Oh, there's okay. there's six. And, again, I told you I've struggled. It's been a struggle. Stick to radio, exactly, and podcasting. Six and zero oh against the Chicago Blackhawks this year. There's two more games, obviously, this week. Anything could happen by the time you're hearing this. But six and zero oh is six and zero oh against Chicago. And in theory, the Preds have a chance to single handedly end their season this this week. Yes, and that is something worth celebrating. Whatever else there is that happens this year, the awfulness. The good, making the playoffs not, the development of young players, whatever. You can still say, look, we whipped that ass this year, Chicago. Sorry. See you later. You're not playing in the postseason. They had a chance. They were playing well early in the year, and the Predators completely demoralized Chicago. So I'm trying to find some blatant homerism here on the show to balance out our rude awakenings, and I think the complete and utter domination of Chicago is worth noting for Preds fans. Do the Predators really own the Blackhawks until somebody goes onto the Blackhawks Wikipedia page and edits the owner to say <laughs> Nashville Predators. I do love when that people do that. Yeah. Speaking of, we'll get to things that have run. We'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll just, get to, save it. we'll save get it. to things that save have it. run their course save later it. in the show. Um, but I believe it is now 17 wins in 22 games against Chicago since the 2017 playoffs. That's pretty damn good. Um, And one thing that has been beneficial to the Predators this season in those games against Chicago was they played early in the season, I think maybe the third, fourth game of the season. And then they didn't play them for like two months. And they didn't, they didn't get them during the hot streak. Exactly. The the Blackhawks heated up. Kevin Lankinen was playing incredibly well they were challenging for a playoff spot. They were in a playoff spot. I think at one point they may have actually been at the top of the Central Division. I don't I don't remember. But then they cooled off, and then the Predators caught them after they cooled off. And watching that game on Monday, 
especially at the start of the third period. Tanner Janot scores, Luke Cunning scores. Within the first minute of the third period, it's 5-2, to two, and that was it. And how and how they scored, too, just by by work. Yes. Just working and being like, no, we're going to do this. And I, I like that. So I appreciated Tanner Janot's, I don't know if he did this on purpose, and if he, if he didn't, I'll still give him credit. <laughs> he knocked Connor Murphy's helmet off right before he went to the slot to tip in Ryan Ellis's shot pass, whatever you want to call it. And because of the NHL rules state that you have to return to the bench if your helmet gets knocked off, Connor Murphy was no longer there to check Tanner Janelle. Obviously, he did that on purpose. I don't think the Blackhawks were too happy about that, but we're talking about blatant homerism. So who gives a shit exactly. what the Blackhawks <laughs> think? So we need a good. Here's the, here's my question for the audience. You guys listening, obviously, are diehard Preds fans. I need a good nickname for the Blackhawks because I, I want to call them something that is derogatory that insults them, that makes them feel bad about themselves. I, I do not like them. I hate their their entire franchise. I hate everything about them. I'm also a Packers fan who hates the Bears. So I, as a Predators fan... You just don't like Chicago. I, I don't. I love Chicago, the city. It's great. It's wonderful. I hate the Blackhawks. And so I need a name because Chicago's I am... Great. You're a great writer. Come up with a good nickname for the Blackhawks. I'm Black not good at those... We need something pithy and, and snarky to make fun of them that like really digs... You know, you, you know, we can talk about their... You know, I like their pizza... I like the Midwest. Like, there's not a lot about the city I don't like, so I have to find something to really there's rip really, on them about. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to hate. I mean, Chicago. I can go. We can go. We can talk about Patrick Kane's off the field behavior if you want. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I just don't. We need a good nickname. So tweet us at 440 Sports at Adam Bing and at Braden Gall. How do you just, really feel about deep dish pizza? I love it. I got. I need to be like. I need to prepare my digestive tract for it. But the I idea love it. of a pizza that takes an hour to make is very unsatisfying. It's delicious. But the you're idea not, of... You're not making it. I know. But <laughs> if you go to a deep dish pizza place, whether here in Nashville or in Chicago or wherever, they will often say pizzas take a little bit longer. It might take an hour and 15 it's, minutes. It's a lasagna is what it is. But I love lasagna. So I don't... I, I will say this, I don't though, understand the pizza wars. I like all pizza. For my past two birthdays, my wife has purchased deep dish pizza in lieu of a cake and put candles... On the pizza. It's pretty good. So so I had a 30-second birthday pizza that had a three and a two on it. <laughs> so, uh, Listen, just tweet us some nicknames, okay? I need some help here because I, I want to start calling them something, and I need some creativity. And I've asked people this for years, Adam. I've asked listeners of this when we were on the air. Nobody can, could come up with a good nickname. So somebody that's creative and smart out there, please come up with a good nickname for the Blackhawks because guess what? You got that ass whipped this year. Six nothing Nashville Predators. And if they make the playoffs, especially if they do if they pick up a couple more wins this week, it will be because they just totally collected points against Chicago. So um, there's some blatant ho- there's some blatant homerism for you. Okay. Now, let's stay positive. That was very painful for me. Why? I'm not a homer. I know you're not. You're being forced into this. You're definitely more of the rude awakening guy. Um Trust me, you'll have plenty of space to, to operate in the studio. I'm getting revved up. I'll up a little later. Matt Duchesne is back, and he scored a goal. Suck it, haters. What there's, a, that homer in his, there's that homer. There we go. So this is sort of another positive one here. The team is getting a little healthier. Matt Benning played a really nice game. We talked about Tanner Janot. There's a lot of guys you can look at and say, hey, these guys are playing good hockey. What are your thoughts on, on Matt Duchesne's return so far to the lineup? Have you seen what you wanted to see from him now that he's back into the lineup? Well, he scored a goal, a big goal. 
um, to get things started. To get things started on Monday, he led the Predators with nine shot attempts in all situations on Saturday against the Hurricanes. Getting paid so, two million dollars per goal, I believe, so far. So, so at least he is creating opportunities, which was the story of his season before he was hurt. He was one of the better players on the team in terms of creating scoring chances, but he was plagued by a career-worst shooting percentage. At the time he left the lineup, in all situations, he was shooting 5.8%. I believe his next worst career, you know, his next worst shooting percentage in the season was like 9.6, which may have been yeah. last year. Um, in his career year, by the way, his contract year, he shot 18% and scored 31 goals. Funny so, how that works. So consider that. Um, but I was mildly surprised by the reaction to the announcement that Matt Duchesne was returning to the lineup on Saturday. So John Hines mentions it in his pregame Zoom chat that Matt Duchesne would be coming back. And I tweet it, Matt Duchesne will return tonight, John Hines said. And the reactions to the tweet were interesting. They ranged from, hmm. they ranged from what's, I'm trying to think. Cautiously optimistic? Or, yeah. or, or negative. <laughs> Cautiously optimistic. You know, tweets like, well, I, you know, I hope that he comes back into the lineup and plays as hard as the other players who were injured and come ba have come back into the lineup, like Luke Cunnan, even Roman Yossi seemed to raise his game after he came back from injury last month. And then there were some that were like, why? We don't even need him. Well, those people don't, you know, you, you need your $8 million centers if you want to play right. in the playoffs. Whether 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 we want to send him packing to Seattle or or we question the contract or not, you need you need your top line players to play if you're going to beat somebody no, in the postseason. Rightly or wrongly, Matt Duchesne has earned a reputation in the NHL for being a player whose presence is an impediment to winning. Um, it did not help his cause that after he basically felt like he was being held hostage by the Colorado Avalanche at the beginning of the 2017-18 season. He gets traded in November of that year. And then the Avalanche turn it around. And now look at the Avalanche. Uh, and of course, as I mentioned in the story I wrote earlier this week, correlation does not equal causation. So just because Matt Duchesne was out of the lineup for 22 games and the Predators won 14 of them does not mean <laughs> that the team is better without no, Matt Duchesne. no. But it's hard to explain that to certain people. When Ryan Ellis came back, it was the same thing. Um, that strikes me as even a stranger. But. It, it does. Um, I was asked the other day if Matt Duchesne is the biggest lightning rod among Predators fans that I have encountered in my six-plus years of covering this team. Oh, I no, absolutely not. I would, but, but I would gonna, agree with you. I, I, but you know where I'm going to go with this, and it's not for the same reasons. Okay, who's yours? I, P.K. Subban is yes. by far the yes. biggest lightning rod that, have, as, that has ever played in a Predators uniform. Yes, for reasons that not for don't me, not for me no, at all. But for reasons that don't necessarily right. equate, you know, relate to it's his play on the ice. Antics and personality and all this other yes. stuff, and, and certainly there's a lot of other stuff involved in it. Yes. Now, I will say, you know, personally, if you ask me who I, you know, have the strangest feelings towards uh, his last name is Ribeiro, but yes. <laughs> that's, that's a different, that's for different reasons. Altogether. Let's, let's rephrase this. Then the biggest lightning rod based on play, not, yeah. not, yeah. not personality or off ice, whatever, okay. not to discount those things, but let's no, just no, talk sure. about, it, let's okay just to... talk about play 
alone. It's okay to put guardrails on the conversation. I have no yeah. problem with that because Matt Duchesne is clearly a good dude. Like, I mean, no... I think Kyle Turris was more of a lightning rod <laughs> than than Matt Duchesne. I might Some argue... Some of that's Peter Laviolette's fault. Yeah. I might argue that Ryan Johansson is a, is a bigger lightning rod than Ryan, than Matt Duchesne. Yeah, and and some of that's because he brings out on himself. I think Matt Duchesne, and it's sort of strange because we're talking about these weird sort of personality things, right? Like Matt Duchesne has endeared himself to the city since before he was a predator, right? Like Ryan Johansson is sort of beloved by people, but there's also this sort of like people are annoyed by him because of his his personality can seem like it's not, like losing games is not as important to you as it should be, right? The right. way Roman Yossi... And sometimes Roman Yossi even gets credit criticism for that, right? Like not being pissed off enough. And then he almost Roman Yossi is not a good captain because he's not Mike Fisher. <laughs> Roman Roman he... Yossi almost said fuck one time. He's not Shea Weber. <laughs> he's too handsome. You can't stare directly at him. Which you can't do, by the way, because he like stares deeply he, into your eyes. He doesn't you yell look. or scream. Okay, we there's met, your we... voice for the yeah, for the yeah. episode. Um, Matt Duchesne, I, I don't know what to say. I, well, I think the, predator, the, the Predators are better. There's with a couple the, of things you know. working against Matt Duchesne. One, the entire journey of him getting here. Yeah. The years-long flirtation between Matt Duchesne and the Predators. That has that worked against him. As I mentioned, his his pre, the perception of him around the league Um as someone who is not the kind of player that you can count on to win a big game. Um, and look, some of it, I'm sure some of it might be true. Some of it's all anecdotal, circumstantial, whatever you want to call it, but he is paid $8 million. He's he and Ryan Johansson are the highest paid forwards on the team. And with that comes certain expectations. So even though I listed the fact that he is battling some severe puck luck or lack of puck luck this season. Nobody is going to rush to his defense because if you're paid to put up points and you don't put up points, yeah. then you're not upholding your end of the deal. Yep. So I think what I how I what I wrote the other day was that you know this is an opportunity for Matt Duchesne to silence his critics somewhat because at this stage of his career, at 30 years old. You know his some of his critics are baked in, so it's going to be hard yep. to get the, to 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 convince them otherwise. But if he can have a run like he did with the Blue Jackets after he was traded there, he had ten points in ten playoff games. If he can play like that over the next couple of weeks, excuse me, then I think people will perhaps come around to Matt Duchesne a little bit. Okay, perhaps they'll be skeptical instead of outright disdainful towards Matt Duchesne. So I would call this um, not rude awakening, but not blatant homerism. This is sort of down the middle because blatant homerism seems to be totally out on Matt Duchesne. He's got nine games to prove, like you said, to sort of bring people back to his side because after that and then after the playoffs, we know that they're going to try to protect all four defensemen, which means either Ryan Johansson or Matt Duchesne could be pushed to Seattle for some cost. And so... I still think I'm still on the record as Ryan Johansson. I've been at, at, since the beginning to protect Ryan Johansson. I've been that way since the beginning. I think he's got more upside than Matt Duchesne. Uh, he's fewer term, you know, less term on the contract. I, I think Matt Duchesne is the guy you try to push 
to Seattle if you can. So um, I don't know if that was blatant homerism or rude awakenings. We've got a couple of rude awakenings coming up for you after the break. Uh, Also some fun. We'll look around the division at some injuries. We'll look at the schedule for the Nashville Predators. Uh, But I know Adam Bingen has a rant coming up in just a minute when we come back. Gold Standard is brought to you by Jaspers! Jaspers, your neighborhood watering hole where you have a great happy hour to watch Nashville Predators hockey games. There is a Gold Standard cocktail that is named after this podcast. Yeah, it's a cocktail named after me, Aaron. I don't think it's named the Vingan. What would the what would be in the Vingan? It would be a cold brew it coffee would be and... a virgin pina colada. It's not much of a cocktail. I prefer virgin pina coladas to actual pina coladas. Why would okay? I don't. But the, but you're at a bar watching the Predators game, like at Jasper's, getting great food for a happy hour. Why would you order a virgin pina colada? Because they taste good. Why not put some rum in it? Maybe a dash, a Just dash of rum, a, a dollop. You're you're listen. I you you're. I love you, Adam. You're an odd dude sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of years ago, my parents and I and my wife went on a trip over the summer. We went on a week-long trip to Bermuda. And, of course, we stayed at a, we stayed at a nice resort. My dad was there for a, a conference um, and, and, tagged, and let us tag along. This was just the three of you or did the, the uh, older sibling come? Younger sibling. Older sibling? Older sibling. I have an older sister. Um, it was just the four of us, my mom, my dad, okay. Bridget, and I. And we, we you know you lounge at the beach, you lounge by the pool. Sure. And I had all types of beverages, and the virgin nice. pina colada was the best one. Okay. I just don't see the point of all that sugar and, and uh, calories if you're not going to get some booze out of the deal. I mean, I love Slurpees. It's like basically <laughs> the same thing. Right. I would put vodka in a Slurpee. I'd be fine with don't that. Don't you dare disparage Slurpees like that. I, I, I just think everything's better with a little boost. Just there are the 7-Elevens in Nashville now. I'm very excited. Okay, there you have it. Go to Jasper's. Jasper's. Uh, or I don't know if they have pina coladas. I, you know what? They can make one for you, though, because the, the bartenders are great, man. They are great. They are the nicest people you'll ever meet, so tip them well. Uh, they've they got a new menu debuting this week that's coming out, so just keep your eyes peeled for some new menu items. Some, some things are getting tweaked and changed. Not, not, all, the, all the best stuff is going to stay on the menu, of course, but a couple things are getting tweaked and changed. Uh, as I mentioned, the happy hour, 4 to 6 p.m. is fantastic. The grab-and-go market is outstanding. I spent a lot of time in there last week. It's not just like, yeah, you can grab a couple of items that Jasper's makes, but really, there's all kinds of really cool stuff in there. You can get some Dolly Parton paraphernalia. They got all kinds of sauces. Amerigo's has like their very famous olive oil and vinaigrette or whatever that you can buy in there. So there's a lot of really good stuff in the in the grab-and-go market as well. So if you're on West End and you want to pop in or you need something for, you know, you have lunch at Jasper's and you want to grab something for for the house, grab something for the for after lunch, they got a market there for you. Right so what there. you're telling me is... It's got there, a little bit of everything for everybody. There's a place where you can go... Where you can watch Predators games. Check. Take advantage of happy hour specials. Check. Drink a cocktail named after our very podcast. Oh, check. That was good. Grab something from the grab-and-go market and... Blah. You almost had it, dude. You were so close. Oh, so good. You were so close. And purchase Dolly Parton paraphernalia. Yes. Whoa. Yes. This is a magical place. It is actually... 
I sounded like Daffy Duck there for a second. I was like, bah, 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 bah. It, Jasper's. It's the Disney World of Nashville dining. That's what it is. No, there. It actually really is extremely versatile. You got the bar. You got the library. You got the game room. You got the patio. You got the grab and go market, and you got the formal dining room. There's sort of a little bit of space for everybody, and depending on what you want to accomplish that night. You can kind of pick and choose whatever. You want to take the wife on a nice date, you can do that. You want to go with your buddies and sit at the bar and watch the Preds, take advantage of those happy hour specials, you can do that. And of course, like you said, take a Dolly Parton mug home with you. <laughs> so it's it's fantastic. What's not to love about Dolly? Go to Jasper's. There is absolutely nothing not to love about Dolly. No double negatives. Yeah, that was a bad one. Go to Jasper's where they love Dolly. And virgin pina coladas. All right, let's get to uh, some rude awakenings here. We'll, we'll do another one later on in the show uh, as well as we analyze the schedule coming up for both Dallas and Nashville. That might be a rude awakening, but I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to sell my homerism in that conversation, Adam. Mm. I, I'm like you. I'm cynical and and largely disbelieving of this team in general uh, across all, all media. But I, I will try to sell some positive in the schedule analysis coming up, which I think will be largely a rude awakening for fans. But We'll get to some injuries too around the Central Division. Can they rant a, now? There's a lot of injuries in the Central Division that that are, there impo- are. that are important, um, and so we'll get to those. So, I'm ready to rant. I know you're ready to rant. How do you want me to set you up on this? Just let me go. Just that's it. Just, just get out of your way. Just let me go. All right, Adam. Okay, Adam so. Bingen, everybody. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So, one thing that <laughs> Predators fans love about Ryan Johansson or hate about Ryan Johansson, depending on which side of the fence that you, that you reside on is he has a laid back personality. Ryan Johansson is basically the Jeff Spicoli of the Nashville predators. (laughs) For those listening reference to Sean Penn's character in fast times at Ridgemont high, I can easily see Ryan Johansson walking into John Hines's (laughs) office and saying, Aloha coach Hines. (laughs) Wearing his checkerboard van slip-ons. Whoa. You know, after hot boxing, whatever. <laughs> um, so, after, I believe it was after the Dallas game at home on Sunday. So, a couple of weeks ago, week and a half ago. And Zoom calls are not particularly fun. They're very impersonal. And... It's been odd to cover the team without actually getting to see these players face-to-face. We see them all the time on the Zooms, but they don't see us, which makes it even weirder. So after the game, our dear friend Robbie Stanley asks Ryan Johansson about what the vibe around the team is as they have continued to play well. (laughs) And Ryan Johansson, as is his wants, because as I said, he's he's basically the lovable stoner of the Nashville Predators goes, we're vibing, Robbie. And then and then does his cheeky smile. And then does his cheeky smile, goes on to continue to answer the question. He's like, I just made a really funny joke. And at the time, it was it was funny. We sure, had, yeah. You had to chuckle at it. Yeah. But then, it's everywhere. We're <laughs> vibing. It's everywhere. The Predators Twitter account won't stop tweeting it. Ryan Johansson's clothing <laughs> company, Journey Risk True, which he which he works on with a couple of his friends, makes a T-shirt. Um, One hundred two five. The game is is doing club remixes of "We're Vibin' Robbie." Um, it's My old e- job. It's everywhere. 
And last night, I show up to the Predators game a little bit early, and I walk into the the garage entrance where we media types enter to get scanned and such. Yep. And at the end of the table are oh, rally no. towels. Oh, no. And on the rally towels, it says, we're vibing. <laughs> I sent out a, I took a picture of it and tweeted it out with the tag, stop trying to make fetch happen. Okay. You're going to have to explain that. You never saw Mean Girls? I, I did, but it's in one year out the other 15 or 20 years ago. So Gretchen I know Wiener. That, I know that Mean Girls has got like this cult following. So I don't care. Gretchen Wiener, played by Lacey Chabert, is trying to make the word fetch oh, okay. a popular right. a popular term. And um, now I get it. I remember. And uh, Regina George, played by Rachel McAdams, at one point gets upset and says, Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> so basically, the Predators are trying to make fetch happen. And it's ridiculous. It's first why of you all. Gotta, why you got to be so grumpy? First of all, why can't it, you just? Let it was people, funny at the time. Why can't you just it's let people been have fun? Dead and buried. <laughs> it's it, within it's like a, a week. week and, it's like a week and a half. Within a week and a half, they've already created T-shirts with Robbie's likeness on it. Which, if I'm him, I'm in love with that. Like you, it's fun. It, I, I will. I will concede that that is, is that that is pretty funny. All right, here let, let's. This will be the best way to explain the differences between you and Robbie to some degree. So he gets a T-shirt from Ryan Johansson's clothing company with "We're Vibing" on it and his bald dome on there. Which, by the way, I love Robbie. This is what I ha- do too. This is what happens when somebody uses talks to Adam in a press conference. Um. Well, with all due respect, Adam, I'm, I'm not going to discuss what what was said. See, Adam, you get angry Roman Yossi, and Robbie Stanley gets happy Ryan Johansson. This is what makes you the grumpy guy, Adam. You're you're the grumpy cat that's just raining on everyone's parade. Everyone wants just just wants to wave the flag and and celebrate the fact that we're vibing. Here's my here's my here's here's the one thing I'll join with you on this. Mm. It's great when you're winning, and if you're winning, wave the towel and rock the rock the slogan. And if you're the Preds, I got no problem with with taking a viral moment and trying to market it. I got no problem with that. You keep getting your ass kicked by Carolina, you better stop printing towels with we're vibing on it. Right? They got they got a couple with Florida coming up. They got a couple with Carolina to finish the season. We'll get to the schedules and the the, the the statistical percentages of them making the playoffs that will be a rude awakening for fans in just a second. I don't have a problem with it if you're actually winning. I just You keep winning, you keep doing it. But it's as soon as Carolina beats you twice in a row. Eh, that's that's when you got you're not vibing anymore. We go we we go we are creatures of the internet. We have a podcast. We're both on Twitter, unfortunately. So I'm still using your Simpsons gift, by the way. I'm still using the Simpsons gift. No chance that group is the top ten group. Yes, exactly. Um, for those who aren't aware of what I'm talking about, I promised Joe Rexroad that I would retire my. Oh my God! The Predators score a power play goal. Springfield Isotopes <laughs> gif. If the Predators reach the top ten in power play percentage, which is definitely not happening at this point, so that gif will live. Um, <laughs> but we all see it on the internet. Something's funny for a couple days, and we hammer it and we tweet it, yeah. and it's meme worthy. And then after a few days, it's not really that funny anymore. So you're suggesting it's not as doesn't have the staying power of the crying Jordan meme? No. It okay. does not. Okay. And I just think it was too much too soon. Okay. And I, why are you so grumpy? I, I just think it's silly. <laughs> I, I don't know. So why can't people be silly? 
Again, I think it's okay to be silly while you're winning. Well, they're they're mostly winning, right? But like after getting your butts kicked in two games against Carolina, how much are you really vibing? I mean, think back to those games yeah. earlier in the season against Carolina when they were down four nothing or five nothing, and Ryan Johansson gives that salty intermission interview with Kara Hammer. Oh my god, when, was that the one where he gave like two words? He was. She was like, He's "What like, do you need we to do good. in the third period?" He goes, "Score five goals." <laughs> That didn't make it onto a rally towel or not, a t-shirt. Not vibing at that point. Um, no, listen. I again. I'm. If they make the playoffs, print the rally towels and tell Adam to stop being so grumpy. If they don't make the playoffs, which we're going to get to in a second, and you can't beat good teams, you you can't be cheeky about stuff. I, I that's that's my issue here. I don't. I don't. I'm not as grumpy as you, but if you lose a bunch of games, I don't know. It's going to go the know. way of the pedal tavern. I think it was a far better. I think it's a far better idea than the pedal tavern. Yes, it the was. pedal tavern is one of the worst ideas the National Predators have ever had, and they don't have a lot of bad "quote unquote" marketing ideas. No, they don't. They do a great job of connecting with the fans, but I, phew, it's not even close to pedal tavern territory. But it went from an innocuous aside in a press conference to a T-shirt in less than a week, and then well, less guys, than a week and a half. It, listen. If Ryan Johansson was that committed to the forecheck, you know. Oh. Uh... <laughs> I'm just playing, Ryan. Come on, Ryan Joe. Uh, all right. Aloha. <laughs> Yo, Heinz, put me on the half wall. Where'd you get that jacket? <laughs> oh, oh, you're making me cough. All right. Uh, we'll get to the schedule in just a second, as I mentioned. Quickly, good news or bad news? Is this blatant homerism or rude awakening? The injuries around the division. You've got, we already mentioned Stamkos and Kucherov could be coming back for the Lightning sometime soon. You've got... Um, uh, Ekblad, Ekblad for Ekblad, Ekblad, Ekblad. I can't believe I messed that up for, there's Flo- a, there's, for Florida. There's a you were looking for pithy nicknames for the Blackhawks. There's your Florida Panthers one, Aaron Ekblad. Ekblad, <laughs> he's so Ekblad. Uh, he's, he's actually quite Ek good yeah, before he was amazing. Heard. He's out for a while. Al, uh, the, the stars announced that Alexander Radulov is out for the season. Yes, and um, Ben Bishop isn't coming back either. And Ben Bishop isn't. They will get Taylor Sagan back soon. Tyler. Jesus. Tyler Sagan. Back. Spit it out, radio boy. So there's a lot. There's just a lot going on with the big teams in the division that are chasing for playoff spots. What do you make of all the the movement that could happen over the next couple of weeks? Well, any impact on the Preds? As long as far as I know, the Predators have more injuries than all of those teams. <laughs> um, they're still missing Philip Forsberg, Ellie Tolvanen, Alex Carrier, Matthew Olivier. Lucas Pisa is lost somewhere in the Springfield <laughs> mystery spot. Um, I'm 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 a little worried about Lucas Pisa. Like, where is he? Is he okay? Are you really worried about him? I'm you kind just of did concerned. a rant about a guy's press conference. At I'm kind of concerned about okay. Lucas Pisa. Right. Where is he? Uh, obviously, the rattle off news I think is the biggest one because they're they're they are in a dead heat with the Dallas Stars for the last playoff spot. And, you know, the Chicago's now out of it. So, should we get to the numbers now? Do you have anything else to add about the? Uh, I mean, Tampa could end up looking really good by the time the playoffs start, right? Like Tampa could be even more dynamic than they've already been, and they've been pretty damn good this year without those two guys for a large chunk of time. So any nothing, no, no real big takeaways from that, other than rattle off is a big loss for Dallas right there in the middle of the the, the, the last couple of weeks chasing with the Preds. Yeah, nothing too okay, nothing too significant. I mean. The Stars have been okay without Radulov. They would be better with him, but they will get Tyler Sagan back soon, um, and that'll change things a lot. But they've, you know, 
from what I've been able to tell from uh, our stars reporter, Saad Youssef, Rope Hins, who's been really good this season, like apparently the list of injuries he's playing through is just insane. Yeah. And I can't wait until the end of the season when they reveal, oh yeah, he had a punctured lung and a torn a MCL and he was... Cracked femur. Yeah, he was just playing through all that. Wow. But I don't know. The, those, that was all joking. I don't know if that's yeah, what right. he has, but... All right, so then let's wrap up here today with uh, a conversation about the schedule and the percentages that the Preds are going to make the playoffs. I think everyone still thinks, and here, here's one of my complaints about the TV broadcast, actually. They've done this a few different times over the last few weeks where they just continually point to the Blackhawks game when they're not playing Chicago. They keep saying, oh, look, and there was one where they were playing Dallas, and, and Dallas won the game, and the entire broadcast crew was like, well, that's really good news for the Preds. Dallas just beat Chicago. And I'm at home going, no, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's not at all. It's not good news. Dallas is the team that we have always pointed to. I think we did it in the preseason. It was Dallas and Nashville for the final playoff spot. It's still Dallas and Nashville for the playoff spot. The Chicago Blackhawks are done. They're toast. It's over. The percentages last week. As we record this, there are 12 games left for Dallas, nine games left for the Preds, and Dallas is three points back. Last week on the show, the Predators had a 49% chance of making the playoffs. Chicago Blackhawks were at 19, and I don't remember the exact number for Dallas, but it was like in the low 30s, like 30, 31%, something like that. As of today, according to Dom Lecisions, our friend from The Athletic, percentage chance that the Nashville Predators make the playoff is down to 38%, and the Dallas Stars percentage chance is up to 55%. The Dallas Stars are now favored to make the playoffs over the Nashville Predators, Chicago is down to seven. They both will have quote-unquote easy weeks this week, I guess. Nashville's got two more with Chicago. Dallas has three more with Detroit after a shootout win on Monday. Then they go two to Carolina at Tampa at Nashville. They have one more left on May 1st between the two of them. At Florida, two at Tampa, two at Chicago. Nashville will do two against Chicago, two against Florida at home, Dallas at home, two at Columbus, and two against Carolina at home to wrap up. I think you can make the case that Dallas' schedule is pretty hard too. But right now, they have three extra games, and they're only down by three points. So the stats say Dallas. Adam, what does all of that information do to you over the final 9 to 12 games of the season? It's a lot. It's a lot of information you just threw at me. But as long as the Predators take care of business, you know they put themselves in a good position, but they are going to need help. Um, from those teams that the Stars are going to play. It would be helpful if the Red Wings could win one of those games at least. And they took uh, the Stars to a shootout last night in Lost, um, but they played them tight. Um, I'm le I'm not really concerned about Chicago at this point. No, they're, um, they're, they've been eliminated. So, in theory. They haven't statistically sure, been eliminated. Sure. Um, but they've effectively been eliminated. Well, depending on the outcome of the next two games. Um, but... If the Predators can take care of business against Chicago, I think that will end Chicago's faint postseason hopes. Um, I I don't know when the Stars games catch up to the Predators. It might actually be when the Stars play the Predators. Um, but they're going to need help. Um, so the Predators have done a lot of good, but the, the Stars have stayed afloat. And as Dom's numbers show, they're favored to to win the fourth spot in the race for fourth place. It's very exciting. 
So Nashville has two with Chicago, two with Florida until they get to Dallas. Um, and Dallas has three with Detroit, two with Carolina, and one at Tampa. So that's four to six. And then after that, they have five games left for Dallas, four games left for, for Nashville. So there was, still will be one more left there. That big one between the two of them on May 1st is the, is the big one. Mm-hmm. I, I, here's the thing, though. Two with Carolina, one at Tampa, two more at Tampa, and, and one at Florida. That, that's six games against the playoff teams. That, that's not an easy – I think we look at those three with Detroit and we go, oh, they, they just can collect some points this week, and they could. But I, I think if you're trying to paint this in a silver lining and trying to give the Preds fans some blatant homerism here, it's that, sure, you, you Nashville – have to finish with two against Carolina, two against Florida. All four of those games are at home. I a lot of t- t- Dallas's games are on the road. I I think it's about a 50-50 shot right now, but I do think it's uh, the stats say Dallas, and I think fans right now. I just I, I don't think they've been. I, I we've been preaching it on the show. Dallas Stars, Dallas Stars, Dallas Stars. Watch for the Dallas Stars. Uh, our our power rankings all year. I was going Dallas is better than the record. Dallas is better than the record. They've got like. What 11, 11 overtime losses, eleven or twelve? Like something they're leading the league. Like a couple of more of those go the other direction, and this isn't even a conversation right now. So the Preds are lucky to be where they are, and they're gonna have to. They have to win how many games? You think well, out, of first, their, out to, of their last nine? To answer your first question, the Stars have twelve. They have twelve overtime losses. No other team is in double digits. Nashville has one. Nashville has one. <laughs> Columbus has nine. Montreal has nine. That's as close as it gets. Yeah. So, even I mean, if- Nashville still has a negative six goal differential. The Stars have won four straight, and they have a plus 14 goal differential. Every single thing about these two teams says Dallas is going to make So, class. how many games do the Predators have left? Nine. How Dallas many- has 12. So, they have up to eight. They have, avail- they have 18 points available to them. I think they need at least... 14. Wow. <laughs> to be safe. I I think you're probably right. And, so that's And that includes a win over Dallas. So so four so that means four points they could that mean that's four points they could lose which means they could lose in regulation twice. They could go 7 and 2. Or they could do what? 5 5 2 and 2 or something like something that. Something like that. I yeah. man, it Again, guys, we've talked a lot about this team being in control of the playoff spot for a long time. They've been in that four hole for a couple of podcasts now. I I I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Is that a rude awakening for you? It's the rudest awakening. Do you agree? Do I think they're going to miss the playoffs? Yeah. It's not looking good. <laughs> you're 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 a prisoner of the power ranking moment. Yes. You're still putting Nashville at 4. Who's the better team right now? Nashville or Dallas? Yeah, Dallas has won four straight. They've played each other basically dead evenly. However, the only team that's won in regulation between the two is Dallas. They might put Dallas at four. Dallas has all of their games. They beat Nashville in regulation. Nashville needed overtime and shootouts to beat Dallas all four times. There you go. Uh, to me, I think Dallas is the better team. And they have more games, and they're heavily favored. I don't know. It's just I saved it for the end of the podcast. I didn't mean to send people off on a bad note. but Good night, everybody. <laughs> go to Jaspers. Go to Jaspers. Well, two more with Chicago. 8-0 against Chicago would be fun to celebrate. That would be interesting. That would be fun to celebrate. Uh, all right, so that, that's all we got left on the show. I think we're done vibing uh, on the show. Um, any other vibes you'd like to throw out there? And- no. Okay. No vibes. 
grumpy cat. Vibes are bad. They're so grumpy. You don't like sweet tea? Yeah, because it's gross. That's just not true. That's factually untrue. It's gross. It can be oversweet sometimes, but it is not gross. You drink pina coladas without any alcohol in them. Yeah, it's delicious. It's like That's a ridiculous. it's like a pineapple or it's a it's like a coconut Slurpee. What's wrong with that? That doesn't sound when you say pineapple coconut Slurpee. That doesn't sound as bad. Well, I I think I I don't think there's pineapple in the pina colada. There should be. There's I think not. it's just coconut. If there's not, there should be. How I about love that? Pineapple. Jaspers, make us a pineapple pina colada. I would like rum in mine. Jaspers, please. make Aaron Dugan a virgin pina colada. Ooh, as her cocktail. If you can come up with some drink that involves tequila with all of that, she would be all over Would that. she accept a cocktail if it was a mocktail? Like they said, you could have a mocktail or nothing at all. Would she do it? Uh, tune in to the Fringe Element and we'll find out. Ask her that I'll very question. I'll ask her that question on if, the show. If the, choice were, if the choice was a mocktail or nothing, what would she choose? I uh, patiently await her response. Okay. I will ask her. I will ask her. Uh, Adam, where can people find you? At theathletic.com. On Twitter, at Adam Vingan, and anywhere books are sold. <laughs> You're not an author yet. No, Why aren't you I'm, an author I, yet? No, I just felt like I should say that. Uh, of course, you can follow me at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook, at 440 Media on Instagram as well. Make sure you check out all the other great shows, Club and Country, Nashville SC on Tuesdays. you got Fringe Element, as we just talked about. We will ask Aaron Dugan if she'll settle for a mocktail from Jasper's on Thursdays. Lamestream Sports coming up this week. Uh, with Steve Cavendish every single Friday about Nashville sports media and business. And, of course, the 440 out every single morning at, of course, 440 a.m. because branding. The Cold Standard is brought to you by... Jaspers! Our wonderful sponsor. Great food, great menu, great space to go eat. They got all different kinds of, uh, like, setups in there. You got the game room. You got the grab-and-go market. You got the bar. You got the dining room. You got you got a little library over there. You got great sight lines, great happy hour, 4 to 6 p.m., great menu by Dev Paquette. Basically, everything is awesome at Jasper's, and we appreciate their support. So if you want to show support for this show, go to Jasper's. And you're listening to this portion of the podcast, the last few minutes. We love you. Thank you so much. Rate, review, and subscribe. Share, and go to Jasper's for crying out loud. Just go to Jasper's. Spend a few shekels there. Do it. Go to Jasper's. And if you tell the server that you're vibing, you'll get $30 added to your check because <laughs> they don't like it either. This message is not endorsed by Jasper's. Adam Vingan of The Athletic, thank you so much. You can follow me, Braden Gall, at Braden Gall. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Gold Standard on the 440 Sports Network. <laughs>